Staring at her brother. Hello, welcome to Prince Trap by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. And of course, those eyes are little eye pictures, and the you is, of course, a you. Uh, mm. In this case, Prince had not resorted to using a heart for love, as he did with Love or Money. Uh, from Rave unto the Joy, fantastic. Um, I'm sure if he'd have found a way to turn joy into some kind of emoji, he would have. Recorded spring 1999, and then Annie DeFranco came in on the 3rd of June and added some guitars at Paisley Park, and released on the 9th of November 1999. On the track it is Prince, and it is Annie DeFranco, and the song is 3 minutes 33. And joining me to talk about today is Elliot Wise. Hello, Elliot. Hello, everyone. And I think, you know, in terms of like a genre, it's fairly clear that this is a ballad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is... I, I, I mean... Obviously, we don't like to get too autobiographical with Prince, but he does actually say the words, I would never pick a flower of my protege. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so it suggests that it's uh, kind of specifically about someone. Um, and obviously, you know, Maite, you know, started out as a protege for Prince. So, um, I don't know, maybe it's about Maite. This is the point at which obviously they had lost a child and then also... Um, about a year later, Maite suffered a miscarriage and that kind of pushed them even further apart. Um, you know, this in terms of like the production, it is very, very kind of like spare. Yeah. Um, you know, it is just prints and uh, a keyboard. And then there's a little bit of like, um, you know, uh, guitar as done by Annie DeFranco. Um, it's just like a bit of acoustic guitar that are kind of, you know, on, on on certain parts, it sounds like it's going backwards, which is just like a weird yeah. little effect that Prince seems to do. Um, and, you know, obviously, Annie DeFranco, um, suggested by Clive Davis to, <laughs> to appear on this, um, you know, but obviously Prince recapturing the lightning in the bottle of um, Supernatural by Santana by having so many guests, uh, Annie DeFranco bringing her huge kind of sales to this particular song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All those kids in college and in high school who were just buying her records, all 200 or 20,000 of them. And uh, obviously those are the kind those are the kind of crossover that, that would appeal to Prince. I say that, but then there is actually a live version of Annie DeFranco doing um, When Does Cry. So obviously she's a, she was a Prince fan. So, mm. you know, I'm guessing that's probably just one of the reasons why she's on this song. Um, but yeah, you know, this is like... It's, it's kind of like such a very, like, it feels very raw. Like, um, you know, a lot of the stuff on, on Rave, as I've said on some of the other tracks, feels kind of very overproduced and artificial. And, you know, it doesn't really feel like Prince's heart is in it. Uh, yeah. This is one of the very few tracks on this album where it really feels like, you know, maybe this is something that Prince... You know, he had a specific bone to pick with someone. And so that's what kind of forced him into the studio. Yeah, um, if, if if we're going to go along with the idea here of uh, an autobiographical song, this feels like kind of a, a bookend to, I, I guess, Curious Child um, and how we were trying to interpret what did it mean on who was a child or, you know, and if we're going to go with Maite, uh, that, that while that song might have been the beginning, this song is the end 
of their relationship. This does feel like, you know, the kind of definitive finish to, you know, the relationship. Obviously, Prince wouldn't be, I think, fully divorced until like a year after this. And then obviously he remarried uh, sometime in 2001. So, you know, he kind of moved on fairly quickly, I feel. Um, You know, and again, that marriage didn't last that long. Um, though understandably, you know, uh, I think Prince was still on good terms with both of his wives, uh, you know, around the time of his death. It's not like, you know, the, these were bitter divorces. I think, you know, Prince and Maite obviously just grew apart. Uh, like I said, you know, a couple of tragedies in their life kind of ended up forcing them apart. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this this feels like Prince kind of retelling the story of how he met Maite. Um, you know, starting out saying, I could tell from the moment you walked in the room that it wasn't your dress you had on. That wasn't your perfume, and it wasn't what it wasn't what happened to the ring that I gave you. <laughs> what am I to assume? I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Um, so it's kind of like him, you know, seeing a betrayal of being like, yeah, you oh know, yeah. Where is the ring? This isn't your perfume. That isn't your dress. Like, you know, and I don't know. It, it like. I've I've said that very quickly, but in the song it's delivered a lot slowly, and yeah. you know Prince kind of you know takes his time over saying those words, um, but yeah, it, this does feel like Prince kind of definitively saying there was something wrong when you walked in the room. Yeah, and in fact, kind of going back to Curious Child, where it does seem like on one hand, you know, or or we can take this as a more cynical and hurt part of the. Uh, of their of their um, introduction to each other, where the first part it's it's kind of like this angelic creature who comes into the room and makes such an entrance, but now they're in they enter the room and there's something wrong. Um, it's either on the one hand everything I gave you you're no longer using, or you're using somebody else's um, gifts that they've given you. You are no longer yeah. kind of connected with me anymore. Yeah, and you know, he says in the second verse, you could tell from the moment you looked into into my eyes that I could see right through you. You must apologize. Mm. <laughs> Which, again, rhyming with eyes. Uh, I've always given you the best in life, even in the wrong, it was right. Uh, I know you trust me, but you don't love me anymore. Um, so, you know, the, like the title of the song effectively is only kind of said twice. And again... As with, you know, some of the songs on this album, you know, there aren't really choruses. It's just kind of the title gets said a couple of times and that's essentially the chorus. This is just essentially three verses, Um, you know. But yeah, this kind of like, I can see right through you, you must apologize. You know, I've always given you the best in life. (laughs) Like saying, you know, basically this has been a really good relationship. You've got a, a lot of good stuff out of it. But now at this point, everything's wrong. You know, like, yeah, you know, it's... I, I don't know, like we say, you know, we, we don't like to read too much into these, these these kind of things, but this does feel one of those occasions where you can, you know, you can kind of hear Prince basically directing this at one specific person. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and he says, I remember meeting you here in the good old days. I would never pick the flower of my favorite protege. Uh, maybe if I would have, then you would not have treated me this way. You tricked me, but you will not anymore. Uh, no no I love you but I don't trust you anymore again it's not like Prince is saying he's fallen out of love he just doesn't trust this person yeah um, you know that's the kind of message uh, and again I mean this this kind of pick the flower of my favourite protege to me that feels like such an odd line because obviously given the age that Maite was when she first met Prince um, it kind of takes on a, a really odd kind of dimension if he's saying that you know he would have effectively deflowered her the moment he met her and maybe that wouldn't have 
you know, that would have meant that they wouldn't have had a long-term relationship. It would have just been a one-night stand. But instead, mm-hmm. he kind of, he waited. And so that is why their relationship became deeper. And that's why they ended up getting married and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like, I'm not a fan of using flower metaphors for, you know, the virginity of women. Yeah, yeah, it just, you know, it feels kind of a little bit kind of childish and backwards. Um, but, you know, I guess sometimes Prince uses kind of poetic things just because they're kind of you know poetic cliches and so i guess in this kind of sense that makes you know it kind of fits there um, yeah but yeah i don't know i guess he's saying if maite had been a one-night stand when she was 16 he wouldn't have married her which uh, like if i'm maite i could kind of see how this song might be a little bit kind of i don't know maybe not going to be your favorite song let's put it like that you know like, no. the, but i at the same time i think the title being i i love you but i don't trust you i think like the idea of trust more than love, it, that's the thing that he's failing here in this relationship. That like right. he still loves this person, and I'm you know from the interviews that Prince gave and from you know interviews that Maite had given, you know they were still very much you know good friends, um, you know all the way up until his death, and so essentially they still kind of loved each other even after they broke up. But I guess you know the element of trust was kind of gone, um, you know, and and I guess once you once that's gone, you know there's kind of no recovering the relationship. Um, but also I think the fact that Prince has chosen to do this as this kind of stripped down ballad again, yeah. it also makes it feel like, you know, the, the, the ideas being expressed here are more raw and kind of emotional and you really get to kind of concentrate on Prince's voice. Yeah. And I guess that also kind of sells the idea of this being more personal. Uh, whereas, you know, if you listen to something like baby knows, I don't know who the baby is in that particular song and I don't know what she knows, but it doesn't really sound like it's, you know, a real person or anything like it just it just feels like Prince doing something for show. Whereas here this feels like, you know, a, a real emotion that's being expressed as oh, opposed yeah. to, to just like, you know, Prince kind of saying something and, you know, the lyrics kind of not really relating to anyone. I think that's why, you know, obviously it feels like this is autobiographical in some way. Yeah, I don't really have any much more uh, to add to that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess because it is so a lot more stripped down and it, you know, knowing what we know now, we can just kind of assume what it, it means for the relationship or what it meant for their relationship or where it was at at the point. I, I was just thinking about trust and how we've had other conversations on uh, we've talked about Prince talking about the truth and um, how he feels about his record label and how or how he felt about working in the music industry and trust is a it seemed to be a really imp- uh, integral thing for him. And, you know, the uh, it makes me think what does that trust what does it look like or what did it really mean and and why is it that when that trust is no longer gone he can still love somebody but that just means that i cannot be around you or like what does that trust mean and especially when it is something like love if you say to somebody i i love you but i don't trust you that means i can't really trust you even with my love you know, I was just kind of those are things that are coming to me. I mean, uh, really, trust. You know, what makes you a real lover? You know, I put this question to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, in terms of like Prince trust. I mean, again, you could you could frame this entire song as Prince and the record company. Like, right. you know, he he loves he loves the record business. You know, he loves releasing records. He loves being in that business. But obviously, after Warner Brothers. And after EMI collapsing and after Arista kind of shoving into one side, you could say that maybe he doesn't trust the record business anymore either. You know, like he doesn't trust record labels, but he loves music. 
So, you know, there are ways to kind of spin this as, you know, kind of about something else. Uh, but I feel like we all kind of know what the real subject of the song is. Yeah. Um, you know, Prince, obviously, he didn't really tour around the time of, um, you know, Rave. And uh, he didn't perform this song on the, the pay-per-view, uh, Rave, until the year 2000. Um, but he did, from 2001, you know, through to 2002, he did perform it on tour quite a bit. And then he brought it back with, you know, in 2009. And for his final tour, you know, piano and microphone tour, he played this quite regularly as well. So, which I guess it fits because obviously it's quite easy to replicate it. You know, it is just a piano and Prince's voice mostly. So I guess it's an easy song for him to do live. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that he kind of brought this back, um, you know, for his kind of final tour. Um, and the, the final, you know, performance of it was on the 14th of April um, 2016, uh, which I think was wow. his final ever performance mm. um so yeah you know uh, like it, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that you know that prince kind of must have related to the, the kind of the ideas in this song even after he would well i guess after he'd broken up with both of his wives um <laughs> enough that he kind of brought it back and kind of performed it um you know in later years um, you know, but yeah, I, you know, uh, like I, it's this is probably you know one of my you know favorite songs on this album. Uh, this is an album mm. that I'm mostly indifferent to. Um, right. You know, this is like uh, around like you know 1999. You know, around that time, I you know I I had uh, you know I was I basically had all of Prince's back catalog by this point. Um, you know, Prince not releasing an album in 1997 allowed me to kind of catch up on his back catalogue um, <laughs> and buy and buy his albums from the 80s on CD. And so by the time this album came out, I think I owned every Prince album, you know, until Rave came out. So right. I was eagerly awaiting this album and it was such a disappointment for me. So many songs were kind of below par. And I just, you know, I remember listening to the album through a couple of times and very few of the songs kind of stood out to me, but this mm -hmm. was definitely one of the songs that stood out where I was like, you know, I want to go back and listen to this song, um, you know, which on this album, that's very rare. <laughs> There's very few yeah. songs from this album that I kind of listen to regularly, um, you know. So for me, this is a four out of five. Um, mm. You know, the only thing that I think stops it from being a five out of five is that it it kind of, it almost feels like something off the truth in that it, it feels like it doesn't have a, a solid structure. Like you just kind of get these three verses yeah, and there's no real chorus line. There's just the title again, and I don't know. It's just this weird thing that Prince seemed to do, kind of in the late '90s, of just dropping choruses, <laughs> and it kind of makes it a little harder for me to kind of remember some of the songs because you know, if all you're going to do is repeat the title occasionally, I'm not, you know, I need a chorus to kind of, you know, get a hook on a song really. So, right. you know, that's the only thing that stops it from being a five for me. I have to give it a three point five out of five um i mean it's a good song overall that's all i can really say but i think there's just also that part of the uh the the frustration or at least what it feels like the bitterness in it too which is it's kind of heartbreaking yeah that, that, yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm i'm a sentimental person like that i i mean i like that bitterness like you know i like prince kind of you know getting so angry that he feels the need to go in the studio and, and write something um you know i mean you know, but, but yeah, I, I kind of understand how that might sour some people on this song because it does it does end up kind of coming off, you know, like, I mean, you know, it's not like my take of coming to the studio and record like her own response to this. Like she has no voice, you know, she has no comeback. 
Um, you know, so it, it does feel a little bit kind of one-sided, like Prince kind of using a bully pulpit. But still, you know, that's kind of what makes it stand out as a song on this particular album. Because for me, a lot of the stuff on Rave, you know, like I've said before, it's it's a lot of stuff that Prince kind of dredged up out of the vault and re-recorded. This at least feels like a, a you know a new song where Prince is expressing like a specific idea. So I feel like we said about as much as I can about I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? You can follow me on uh, Twitter. I am at eh wallace, and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us. Not sure why you would at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you very much. And otherwise, goodbye. Hey, hey, hey. Hello.